Davidson, and I would like you to join me from here at Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Let's go ahead and begin. La raporto tanda satriete kundo satata siete kosoto ke is it not written ask and you will receive seek and you will find knock and i will open the door for you seek my face seek my ways seek my power i want to give it to you. I desire that you walk in all the power that Jesus brought you with the gospel. Come after it. Walk after it. Seek it. Run after it. Go for it. And you will find it. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for that interpretation. Father, I thank you. I thank you for grace on this meeting. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia. That we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light. From the power of Satan unto you. And Father, let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me. 1 Peter 3, likewise, you wives, this is the women's meeting that men can listen to because they'll get stuff out of it. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. Do you know your behavior can get somebody converted? Well, they behold your chaste conversation, the word is behavior coupled with fear. Whose adorning, let it not be that outward adorning, of the plaiting of the hair, of wearing of gold, or putting on up of apparel. We know by this verse, you have to wear apparel. It's the law. So we know that God is not saying you can't wear apparel, that you can't wear gold, that you can't put your hair up. What it's saying is the next verse. But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and a quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Do you know that it is in the sight of God of such great price that God has ordained these meetings to get us there? How are we going to get there? We're going to get the meek and quiet spirit in us. And that is the spirit of Jesus. Jesus is meek and quiet. And Jesus can calm the storm. And Jesus can heal the sick child. And Jesus can bring the money. And Jesus can do anything you need. That's why we're getting the spirit of Jesus in us. John 10, verse 35. I love this verse. I love hearing other people say it because it's getting in our hearts. And it is life. The words of Jesus are spirit and they are life. And there is life in this verse. 
John 10, verse 35, Jesus speaking, because it's in red. He said, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. Get that in your heart. The scripture cannot be broken. It can't be. You can trust it. You can hang on to it, and it will come to pass. It has to. Why? Because it can't be broken. It will never fail. The word of God will never fail. The only thing that fails is we don't believe long enough. Or we won't even try to believe. If you believe the wonderful thing about God that we'll see here in just a moment. If you believe, God will help you believe. He wants you to believe. And you say, well, why do we have to believe? Because that's the way it works. Do you know that God created this earth and the heavens with faith? Do you know that's how he does everything? Do you know he created you by faith? Do you know there wasn't you around and he created you? Do you know there weren't stars, there weren't planets, there wasn't anything out there? There wasn't a big bang. There wasn't even any mass. It was black. It was empty. I love it. I love that verse. The spirit moved across the face of the waters and God spoke. What did he speak? Words of faith. And what happened? Then there was light. That's how it's done. That's why we have to believe because we have to walk just like God did. That's why we have to use our faith. But you know what? He gives us the faith. Now, turn with me quickly to Romans 8. The scripture cannot be broken. I want to put this in your hearts. Verse 38, Romans 8. The scripture cannot be broken. So this word cannot fail. Now, look at this word that can't be broken. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, all those troubles, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate you from what? The love of God. The scripture cannot be broken. There is nothing, nothing that can separate you from the love of God. But one, unbelief. Unbelief. The word of God can't be broken. Nothing can separate you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Do you see the love of both of them there? That is in Christ Jesus. What was in Christ Jesus? The love for you. The love God had for you. How was it demonstrated? How was the love of God demonstrated? Jesus humbled himself and submitted himself to the torture of the cross. He submitted himself to the torture of the cross. He submitted himself to hell for you, 
For you, nothing could separate you from the love of God. And how was it demonstrated? How was it proved? Jesus submitted himself to the torture of the cross for you. And God raised him and you from the dead. Now, go with me to Romans 8. Last week, we talked about putting to death the old man, putting to death the flesh, and how Jesus condemned it in his own flesh so that we could walk above it, so that we could walk in the newness of life that Jesus brought us with the resurrection. And we're going to continue with that because I know in the days when I was learning this, these words would come up and I'd say, I don't understand and I don't understand how. How am I supposed to do this? So we're going to go over the how. Starting with chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. How can that be? Because Jesus died for your sins. Because he paid for your sins. Because you were justified by his blood. Because he poured out his blood for you on the tree. And he took it to the Father. And he sprinkled the heavenlies of heavens with it. And you were redeemed. You were justified. You were sanctified. That's why there's no condemnation. If you feel condemnation, get back in the gospel. Because there is none there. It says, to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. When I first heard these words, I didn't understand what they were saying. What do you mean don't walk in the flesh, but walk in the spirit? I mean, I only got two legs. What does this mean? Well, let's go on. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That spirit is capitalized. It's talking about the Holy Ghost. We'll see that later. So let's do that. For the law of the spirit, the Holy Ghost of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. From the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do. All those thou shalt not. Thou shalt not eat this. Thou shalt not go here. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie. What it could not do. And it was weak. Through the flesh. Through the flesh. That sinful nature that was in us. We can't seem to follow the Ten Commandments. Why? Because of the sinful nature in us. It doesn't work. It's not that the Ten Commandments are bad. They're holy. But we got a sinful nature. Here you will see what that sinful nature does. It says, and it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. In that sinful nature. Jesus came in the sinful nature he had to. Habakkuk says that the soul was not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. You know that was talking about Jesus? He had a soul with a sinful nature in it. He had the flesh just like we do. He had that sinful nature. And what did he do with it? You will find he does exactly what we did with it. He buried it in water. He had to be baptized. Let's go there real quick because we're going to refer back to this. Matthew 3. I know I'm moving fast, but we're going to get going here. Matthew 3, verse 13. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. This is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. That left everything in heaven, all his power to become a man like you and I. And he had to walk just like you and I are going to have to walk. 
But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And look what Jesus says. Look what your Messiah says. And Jesus answered him, saying, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Do you see Jesus had to be baptized in water? He says it right here. For thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. If I'm going to be righteous, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. Well, if Jesus was baptized in water because he knew we had to, don't you think we do too? If we're supposed to walk like him? So he does. Then he suffered him. John said, all right. And he puts him under the water. Now, what happens? And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. Now he's finished with the baptism in water. He's baptized now. And he went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was the Holy Ghost in the form of a dove. The Holy Ghost came down and descended like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Jesus had to be baptized in water. And we see here, he told John, I've got to do these things so that we are righteous. And the second thing he had to do, he had to, was be baptized in the Holy Ghost. He had to. Why? You will find, Jesus said, I do none of these works. Jesus couldn't do anything. Why? He was just like you. He was just like you. He had to be just like you to be your sacrifice, to be your substitute. He had to be just like you. We see here, he had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Do you know he never did one miracle? Not one. Couldn't. Couldn't until he was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? He tells you in John over and over again, it's not me doing the works. It's God in me. It's God in me that does the works. God through him does the works. How do we do the works of God? With the Holy Ghost working through us. Now, let's go back to Romans 8. Now that we know that's the way Jesus did it, this is the way God has for us to do it. The love of God. Go back, verse 3. For what the law could not do, and it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned Sin in the flesh. We saw last week he did that when he died. He condemned sin in the flesh. He died on the cross. And when he died on the cross, he had all our sin on him. That the righteousness of the law, the righteousness of the law, not the law, but the righteousness of it, what it was intended to do to you might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. That spirit is capitalized. That walks not after the flesh, not after our sinful nature, but after the Spirit, after the Holy Ghost. So here it's saying there are two different ways to walk. You can walk in your natural man, your flesh, your sinful nature. Or you can walk in the Spirit of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of Jesus. It's your choice. Let's read on. For they that are after the flesh... Do mind the things of the flesh. What do you mean mind the things of the flesh? Well, what does sin like? You know, I remember my children once we were talking about the devil and his works and and our sinful nature. And I said, do you think that the devil is going to say, now, this is sin? No. 
But you know what? You know it in here. When you got the spirit of Jesus in you, when you're born again, you know it in here. And actually, you know it in there when you don't have the spirit of Jesus. Why do you think you come running to Jesus? Because this is telling you, you're, you're on your way to hell. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded in that sin nature is death. Is death. You stay. In the old man, you stay in that sinful nature. You walk in the flesh. You're going to die. And you're going to die the second death. If you refuse to come out, you will go to hell. You will. It's a promise. The wages of sin is death. It says, but for those to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind, look at this, the carnal mind, the flesh, that sinful nature, is enmity against God. That flesh in you, your flesh, that sinful nature, and that flesh includes your eyes, your ears, your mouth, your arms, your legs, your body, your soul, your heart, your stomach. That's the flesh. That is the flesh. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. It couldn't even do it if it tried. It can't. Your flesh can't do this. Your flesh can't. Ever tried it? I will not do this. Give it five minutes. We can't do it. We try. We get up every morning with the intention of doing it, and we can't do it. Why? Your sinful nature, your flesh is enmity against God. It's God's enemy. It won't let you do it. It doesn't want you. We read that last week. Why can't I do the things I want to? Because your sinful nature, your flesh. That's why we have to be baptized in water. When we are baptized in water, that sinful flesh is destroyed. But if you don't believe and you don't walk in the spirit, it comes alive every morning. And you can feel it. You can feel it. I can feel it. Now, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Cannot. How do we get out of this? But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, I've heard growing up, the Spirit of God is what you got when you were born again. We're going to find out that is not true. That is not true. You will see right here in these verses what you got when you were born again. There are two separate events in your life. Verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if so be, the spirit of God dwell in you. You did not get the spirit of God when you were born again. What did you get? Read on. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You see, there's two different spirits in this verse. Two different spirits. One is the spirit of Christ. One is the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost, which is the Holy Spirit, which is the Spirit of Truth. It has several names. But the Spirit of Christ is Jesus. 
And when you are born again, you get the Spirit of Christ. You get Jesus in you. You get that wonderful man that died for you in you. You get that man that was raised from the dead in you. That's the one that lives in you is the one that's raised from the dead. That's who's in you. But you need another one. Paul says it right here. We need another one. We need both. Turn with me to John 16. We need two. Jesus had two. Jesus had to be baptized in water, and he already had his spirit, and he had to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Had to be. He couldn't do a miracle till he did. So what do we have here? Verse 7, chapter 16 of John, a beautiful verse. This is Jesus speaking to the disciples, the apostles that he loved. That he loved. Let's go to verse 5. But now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you ask me whether goest thou. But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow has filled your heart. Jesus is telling him he's got to leave the earth. He's got to go back to the Father. And the only way he's getting back there is through the crucifixion. The only way he's getting back to the Father is through the crucifixion. Through the death, burial, and resurrection. And the disciples are sad. They don't understand. Look at verse 7. This is so beautiful. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. You see what Jesus said here? I tell you the truth. Now, if Jesus says that he's telling me the truth, my guess it's the truth. The word of God cannot be broken. And what's he say right here? For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Did you know that the Holy Ghost couldn't come until the gospel was performed? Do you know that the Holy Ghost, who Jesus calls the comforter, Jesus said it is expedient expedient. That expedient means it's for your advantage that I leave. Why didn't Jesus stay down here after he was raised from the dead? Why isn't he still here walking among us? It's expedient that I go away because then I can send the Holy Ghost to you. It's for your advantage that I send you the comforter. Isn't that a beautiful word? Those of you that have the Holy Ghost, you know he's a comforter. Why? Because he only says what Jesus is saying. The comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. I have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Ghost, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Not only does he comfort you, he's going to be your teacher. He will guide you into all truth. Oh, it is so much fun when the Holy Ghost is teaching. He will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Do you know that Holy Ghost will show you things to come? Why would we not want what Jesus got for us through the gospel? Why would we not want what Jesus 
had. Why would we not want the Holy Ghost? Why would we not want him? Why would we not want a spirit that dwells in us, that is our comforter, that guides us into all truth, that is the spirit of truth, and that leads us, and that glorifies Jesus. He's the one that leads you into all revelation. He's the one that talks. You know, all my meetings, all of my messages are gotten, pulled from, believing that God would tell me what to say. And the Holy Ghost does it. It is so much fun. Sometimes he starts with one verse. Sometimes I get a whole outline in a moment. But it's the Holy Ghost that speaks the message. It's the Holy Ghost that's speaking to you with that. Turn with me to Luke 11. Verse 13. Jesus again speaking. And the word of God cannot be broken. It can't be. It'll be here long after this world is gone. Verse 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children. Well, if you, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Do you see this word right here says, if you ask he is never going to say no. Do you see here it is a gift and the Father wants you to have it? Do you see that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever? These words cannot be broken. So that means the Holy Ghost is available today just like it was 2,000 years ago. Those that say the Holy Ghost is not for today cannot read. What's wonderful about the book of Acts, they started out without the Holy Ghost, and at the end of the book of Acts, everybody had it. And you know that you have to go through the book of Acts to go into Romans and Corinthians and Galatians. Why? Because Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, all those were written to people that had the Holy Ghost. And you know what? It's a gift, and it comes with the speaking in tongues, and the Father wants to give it to you. He wants to, just like you want to give your children the best gifts, the Father wants you to have the best one, the Holy Ghost. Now, as we read in Romans, you can't do that. You can't receive the Holy Ghost until you were born again. You have to be born again first before you can receive the Holy Ghost. Why? The Spirit of Jesus has to be in you. The Spirit of Jesus has to be in you to receive the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it happens right after the other, almost instantly. Other times there's time between it, but you have to have Jesus first, and that you have to be born again. And how can you be born again? The Father made it simple. Why? Because he loves you, and he wants you with him. And the way he does that is you must be born again. All you do is you pray with me, Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart, and lead me and guide me, be my Lord, and I ask this in your name, amen, that's all it takes. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. 
You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless. Thank you.